Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. I'm glad you joined me today or tonight or whenever you're listening to this. Maybe you're in your car or maybe a part of your morning routine. You're, you're brushing your teeth uh, or el dientes. I'm taking Spanish right now. Uh, but I'm very glad that you have joined me. And uh, what's today? Today is January 25th. Wow. The year is just flying by. Valentine's Day will be here and then summer and then Halloween and then December. I mean, we're just like pew, 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 flying through. Um, but uh, I'm very happy that you took this moment to be present with me today to be here and now I was watching I forgot what I was watching the other day and um, somebody was leaving and they said I'll see you in the present or I'll see you in the moment that's what they said I'll see you in the moment and I like that not I'll see you later or not and I'll see you in a couple weeks but I'll see you in the moment because that's all we want. We want to be seen in the moment. I I don't want you to see me for who I was yesterday or who I was a week ago or a year ago or when I was nine. I don't need you bringing up old stuff. See who I am, right, in the moment. Who is this standing before you? I think that's why a lot of us have anxiety uh, going to going home for the holidays, right? Because they, they, your parents, your familia, they don't see you for who you are in the moment. They see you for what you did five years ago, for what you said three years ago, for what you did, you know, twenty years ago. It's it's hard, and and for some of us, you know, not to put this on other people, but even for us, it's hard for us to see ourselves for who we are in the moment, right? Because sometimes I'll have a rough morning. Maybe I, maybe I ate a few donuts. Maybe I ate a couple Pop-Tarts. Maybe my between 7 a.m. and noon was rough. Maybe I kicked back a few shots. And then in afternoon, evening, from noon till bed, uh, I, I clean my act up. Now, I could beat myself up for what I did that morning. Or I can appreciate and be aware and acknowledge who I am in the moment. So if you're, if you're kicking yourself for something you did over the weekend, you know, that's, that's where a lot of the decisions it's where a lot of the, the rough decisions take place, right? The things that, <laughs> a lot of decisions that we still have to recover from uh, on Monday, Tuesday, hopefully not Wednesday, right? Uh, that's when those take place. And even now, I was talking uh, to my sister, and I have three sisters, and one of my oldest sisters, and she was saying how after work is tough because there's no built-in structure. And I think it's, it's that way for a lot of us where we kind of, it's kind of like when a kid is, uh, you know, let out for recess. We're like, whoopee, ah, I can do whatever I want. 
and we become unhinged. And sometimes we have to, I have to create structure for myself. I have to schedule things. Even if I don't plan on doing it, like anytime my friends say, hey, you want to go do a thing or somebody wants to schedule a thing, I say yes, I put it in a calendar, and then uh, I look at it, and you know, I try to be respectful if I need to cancel or reschedule. I, I try to give like twenty four hours, twenty four hour notice, or to if it's something that's an absolute no, I say no. But if it's something that I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting, I'll say, you know what, let's pencil that in, and I just I just schedule a thing, or you know, like a workout. If you want to do a yoga workout, and you're like, chances are I'm not gonna do it. Just schedule it. Just put it in the calendar so that you're reminded that, oh, there is something that I can do versus feeling like um, there's no structure to the day, right? Uh, just put something in there. And just and then you can move it around later if you want to. I'm, more, I'm constantly. It's like Tetris. That's, <laughs> that's what it is with your calendar. You know, everybody has a plan, like Mike Tyson said, until you get punched in the face. Um, that is not anything close to what I wanted to talk about today. I have a lot of things I want to talk about. We're going to talk about um, putting on, we're going to talk about weight, how to handle weight gain. We're going to talk about traumas. We're going to talk about uh, suicidality. But of course, we're going to talk about it all with that that levity that Leo Flowers brings to the topics. Um, so we're going to start off with, I went to a dermatologist, what was it, Friday, Saturday, a couple days ago, a few days ago, because I have athlete's foot. And I've had athlete's foot for feet for, I don't even know how to say feet. It should be toes. I have athlete, it's not my feet, it's my toes. It's my toenails. I have athlete's toenail. All right, anyway. So um, I went to a dermatologist and I asked him, like, how do I get rid of this? And he said that, you know, you take these pills, which I've taken already for three months. It's called like terbinafide. And the thing with terbinafide is that it's um, you take it for three months and then you have to stop taking it because it stays in your system for 10 months. That's right. You have to, even after you stop taking it for three months, it's, it's still lingering, hanging out. It's still just, uh, uh, you know, partying for another seven months in your body, which is crazy to me. And so in that time, what I have to do is go get a pedicure so that when the as the new, cleaner, better toenails are growing, that uh, the bacteria from the old nail is being cleaned out. So I have to get that professionally done because uh, most of the time you try to do that yourself, you end up with an ingrown toenail. Or you you cut yourself because you really got to dig deep in there to get all the bacteria and the gunk out and stuff that grows up under the nail. And so it's a it's, you have to go to a trained professional, and not all pedicures are one trained to do that to to deal with uh, fungal toenails, and two want to do it. If I was a pedicurist, like I would I would do it, but you coming out of pocket like that's. You are gonna give me? I want that Amex Black card if, if I'm if I'm doing all that. Anyway, I bring all this up to say that a lot of us are dealing with traumas, and 
we are trying to grow this new self. You know, you're doing all the self-help stuff and uh, like new year, new me, but we haven't figured out a way to clean out the old stuff. We're just trying to, we're just trying to build a nice thing on top of, uh, we're just trying to build on top of trauma without actually getting to the root source of it, without addressing it. We're just going to skip over it and just keep moving forward without cleaning out. So we're trying to build this new toenail over, over some old bacteria. And all that bacteria is going to do is eventually infect the new toenail that's trying to grow, this new you that you're trying to develop. And then you're wondering why you you end up, uh, we end up, what ends up happening is we end up sabotaging ourselves. And we don't even realize it like, oh, why do I keep taking five steps forward and then four steps back or 10 steps forward and, and eight steps back? What's happening here? And it's because we, we're trying to move forward without really taking a deep look, without unearthing, unraveling, peeling back the layers of our trauma and, and facing what's happened to us or, or facing our emotions and feelings about what's happened to us. And we're just kind of walking to earth like everything is fine, like everything's okay when it's not. You know, my sister today asked me earlier, she was like, hey, how are you feeling? With everything, and for some reason, her her question, I felt a, a sadness and a grief behind my eyes, and 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 you know, I was going for a walk, and and I realized it's because there's so many transitions uh, that are happening. I mean, we're all undergoing a transition, you know, with this pandemic, but there's just certain times where there's just more transitions than other, and even if it's a positive transition something that you're excited for and that you want, it's still a transition. And transitions are tough. Even if you're moving from the projects to a, uh, a mansion, right? I mean, right now, all these TV shows are like trying to sell you on a tiny mansion. And how beautiful. Listen, there's no such thing as a tiny mansion. Either it's a mansion or a trailer. No, it's, uh, uh, all right, don't even get me started on that. I'm just tired of these shows trying to sell you on a, on the tiny house or the mini mansion. <laughs> it's a trailer. Okay. Anyway, so even no matter what the transition is, uh, it's 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 tough to let go. There, there's a a, a CrossFit couple, Tia Claire Toomey and uh, Shane Orr. They're married, and they have this beautiful place in Nashville, Tennessee that they're leaving because their their career is taking them uh to other places so it's it behooves them to move and they they're so teary-eyed about it even though the move signifies growth in their career uh, uh it's 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 in the direction of all the things that they've worked for and hoped for and it's a it's a sign that um they are firing all cylinders and and it's just been effective in how They've uh, strategized and, and um, put things in a, in a plan. However, it's, they, they, were, they were in tears in their uh, YouTube video, just in tears about having to leave the place that they've called home for so many years. Because 
you know, their friends are there, their community is there, the, the memories, so many memories are there. And so just, just have some compassion. Let's have some compassion for ourselves during any transition. Even if you're getting married, which, you know, that's amazing, but it's still a transition. And, and with that could come mixed feelings. Having a baby, I, I think that's the thing where when women um, have postpartum depression, uh, a lot of that is such a high expectation on, you're going to be a mom now, and, and, and how amazing that's going to be. And then you have the baby, and for some reason you don't feel amazing and energized and enthusiastic. And so it, that, that adds to the weight of the entire thing. So, you know, tap in. This goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. Tap in to where you are in the moment. Right here, right now. Not, we're not where you think you should be or think how you should feel. Just ask yourself, how do you feel now? Here. I went for a walk earlier because science tells us that, uh, you know, when we're dealing with anxiety, that, you know, forward motion, you know, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who I've had on a podcast, talks about, he talks about like neurohacking, brain hacking, and sleep, and how to reduce anxiety. And we know that forward movement reduces anxiety. Action reduces anxiety. That's why Michelle's always running around the house fiddling with stuff. She's she's in constant motion around here. As soon as she wakes up, she's running the di- like it, even if she's still, she's got things running in the back, background. I don't even I'm surprised we don't have a hamster just so she could have something <laughs> running in the background. <laughs> but forward movement reduces anxiety which is why a lot of times as men, we like to go for a walk when we're upset. By the way, side note, I just, I just learned this, is that men are, tend to be the ones who, when they're upset, want to go for a walk because it takes us longer for our cortisol levels to lower. And our cortisol levels raise higher quicker than women's and this is evolutionary i don't know if i talked about this in the last episode but if i I didn't here's a refresher um back in our hunter-gatherer days men had to be on more of a high alert because they were the protectors and so they had to be more aware if there were any intruders predators any threats to the tribe or to the family and so that's why they talk about all oh, that the hair stood up on, a, on the back of my neck. Uh, the, the hair on our body, um, the actual signals that, that, that pick up any disturbances in the matrix, right? So if you're walking around hairless, you're actually putting yourself at a disadvantage if you want to hunt and be a great hunter. Um, so men's cortisol levels take longer to lower because we're still at that heightened uh, um, a, a level of alertness in case something is wrong. And so women actually have an easier time 
of soothing themselves. I'm, I'm talking about in general. This is not, I'm not stereotyping. I'm just talking about evolutionary traits and, and why we see different behaviors in relationships. Women have, have been better at soothing themselves because a, a relaxed and calm woman is someone who can lactate more. So if she has a baby and she's tense, she's not producing as much breast milk. But when she's calm and relaxed and able to self-soothe, she's able to produce more breast milk for the baby. So evolutionarily, women have trained themselves to remain calm because they're thinking about the baby. And men have, have been walking around with this cortisol because they are in protective mode, which uh, that's a whole side story. Which, yeah, I think this is why sometimes I, I've talked to guys about this. I have a, I have a men's group called Anda. And sometimes uh, some of the fellows will report how when their girlfriend or wife leaves, they feel a sense of relief. And when I say leave, I don't mean like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I mean more like, uh, like they're they're um, they're going on a a weekend vacation to to Vegas or uh, she's going on a work trip something like that because there's a low level of cortisol that men have because when we are with our family or with our our our, our girl or our children that we're a bit more heightened than. The, uh, the 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 family members that we're around because we're aware that we're the first line of defense. Somebody breaks in a house, I'm the one that's hopping out of bed, right? First of all, I better not be hopping. I better be jumping out of bed and running downstairs to see what's going on. If the alarm goes off, I'm the one that's 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 searching the house, right? So we have this just a, a little bit extra cortisol. I think this is why women live longer than men on some level. This is interesting. But I bring all this up to say going for a walk is uh, anxiety reducing. It reduces the amygdala, which is the part of our brain, which induces that fight flight response. Because as we're walking, our hands, our, our hands, our eyes are scanning back and forth. And it's that scanning back and forth that's very calming and soothing. This is why reading is very soothing. Because reading, your eyes are going back and forth. If you're a scanner, you'll notice if you're scanning text, like uh, if, you're, if you're reading a book and you're scanning, like you're just kind of skipping over words versus really reading from left to right, left to right, left to right, you'll find that the scanning actually makes you a bit more tense than if you just relax and allow yourself to read from left to right. That's why tennis matches are very relaxing. You're like, why is everybody at a tennis match so calm and just kick back and they got the little cardigan sweaters over their shoulders and Everybody has their legs crossed with their hands in their lap. And then they go, oh, oh, ah, oh. It's because the ball going back and forth has their eyes scanning back and forth. 
and it's very relaxing. If you notice, even on um, the desk of um, uh, of like CEOs or just anybody with an office, and they have that that those like five balls that I forget what you call those that that kind of pendulum swinging kind of thing that. The, the sound itself is not what's soothing. It's watching it going back and forth, your eye scanning back and forth that keeps it very, uh, that keeps you tranquilo and relaxed. So there's just so many different ways for us to soothe ourselves that are rooted in our biology and in our movement that are free and accessible. Because not everybody has access to a psychiatrist that can prescribe you meds. And, and even if you do have access, the meds itself um, could end up doing more damage and have side effects. There's no side effect to watching a tennis match. There's no side effect to reading or going for a walk. I mean, unless you live in a dangerous neighborhood, then you might get jacked. And that's a side effect of, you know what I mean? Today is windy and like trees are being blown all over the place and I could have got hit. It's dangerous out there. I get it. Or, I mean, it's January in some places. You can get frostbit. I get it. There are side effects to everything. But I think we, we get the point and um, I just want to share that with you. So go for a walk to reduce anxiety or find a way for your eyes to move side to side. It's not about your head movement. It's about that eye movement which is um, you've heard you know, numerous guests on here talk about EMDR and Andrew Huberman uh, on my podcast talked about that. The last guest, I think, uh, Sarah Stanizai talked about EMDR. I, I'm not quite sure. But uh, it's eye movement, rapid desensitization, and it just basically mimics the eyes moving side to side, back to reality. Um, with that, so while we're on a topic of anxiety, I want to bring up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Because at the, at the very bottom is security. And a lot of times when we think of security, we think of like that big black dude outside of the club checking <laughs> Checking IDs, security. Um, but in emotionally, when we think about security, safety, this, this those are the fundamental needs in in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And we we think of uh, you know uh, having a gun for security. We think of putting a our seatbelt on for security insurance. Um, you know, uh, the threat levels that the person wearing a mask, somebody breaking in a house, security on that level. But rarely do we think about emotional security. We don't think about emotional safety in that. Here's my question. Do you feel secure enough in your relationships to share all of you. Let me ask the question again. Do you feel secure enough 
in your relationships, whether that's your relationship with a family member, spouse, um, your, your coworkers, even yourself, do you feel secure enough to share all of you? And most of us, are, are, we're going to answer no. Most of us are going to say, you know, it's when you watch uh, like these rom-coms, there's always like, you know, the wife smokes, don't tell the husband. Or, you know, the, the husband eats uh, late night snacks, don't tell the wife. Like we, we all have these, these junk drawers that we, we hope uh, nobody finds that, that are a part of us. And, and so that's not to say that we should be able to share all of us. I think that it's, it's natural and it, it absolutely makes sense. And it's even effective to keep a little bit of yourself a mystery, right? It's like, I, I don't want my girl uh, pooping with the bathroom door open. You, you close that door. All right, that's a lie. Actually, I'd be completely fine with her pooping with the bathroom door open. But I know some people who aren't. Like that's that's a that's a part of them that they they don't want to know what's happening. They don't want to know what the noises are, what the smells are, none of that. They don't want any part of part of that. But it's it's about most of you. And and if there's a part that you don't feel secure enough in sharing in your relationships, you know, to just find out why because sometimes that that's um, there's uh, there's a, a safety reason for not sharing all of you, and uh, and you know there's a, a self protective reason, and it all makes sense. But it's just to have that awareness of what part of you do you not feel secure enough in sharing, and and understanding why that is, so that. It's not something to come back and bite you later on or it's not holding the relationship back, right, where we end up projecting or, or blaming the other person for something and we realize, oh, our, this relationship would be 10 times smoother if I just shared this information or if they knew this about me, right? So to be aware of what, what's the part that you are holding back and then and being aware of why you're holding that back. And if if you are afraid just to say, there's pieces of me and that I'm afraid to uh, share with you, to, to uh, express to you, to have that conversation um, at, you know, at any juncture in the relationship. Because a, a lot of when we talk about intimacy in a relationship, it's not that people have grown apart is that they never really grew together. You can't grow together if you aren't, you know, putting all the things, you know, most of the parts of you on the table. If you're not, if you're not reaching out with, with all five fingers. So that it was never a real connection from the jump. Because it was too, both of you held too much of yourselves back. And, and Michelle's yawning in the background. 
<laughs> it's late. It's been raining all day here in San Diego. And and it's dark. It feels like it's 10 p.m. <laughs> we should we're supposed to be uh doing a little netty before Betty. That's what I call Netflix and chill. Like when you're when you're dating, it's Netflix and chill. When you're like in a deep relationship, it's netty before Betty. You know, you, you get you get a little more cutesy with your nicknames. You know, Netflix and chill sounds like you know I'm, I'm <laughs> sounds like I want her to leave right after. You know, uh, but that is not the case. Um, and then was there something else? Oh, and the last part about anxiety is, and, and this was an interesting thing that that came up for me, and, and I realized that uh, a lot of us are m- maybe sensitive to this and not even aware of it. So I realized that when I'm anxious, I prefer to be held, hugged, or uh, just embraced, just just lay on me. I, I need stillness. And that came up because I was feeling anxious one day. It was just a, a very overstimulating day. And Michelle was, was like trying to soothe me by rubbing me. And, and I was like, why is her touch not relaxing? Why is it not soothing? And I realized that what I needed was stillness. I, I, I realized that I needed for her just to lay on me and, and just for us to just lay there and, and cuddle, right? And I, I don't know what the science is. I haven't looked this up. But I just want to share that with you because I think sometimes um, in a relationship, the other person goes to soothe you by touching you and rubbing you and, you know, they're there, poor baby, and, you know, sometimes you you feel the need to pull away and it's not that you don't want to you're not pulling away from the person you're just pulling away from the stimulation of the the motion of the movement because in in anxiety it's like either i need to go for a walk and get some action get some movement or i need to sit and meditate and i need complete stillness i need calm i need it's kind of like a hangover, right? It's a lot of introverts, uh, you know, I'm sure, uh, listen to this. And sometimes you get overwhelmed and you get that social hangover where you've been talking to too many people and uh, just too more social than uh, you, you should be or more social than usual. And you kind of get this hangover where you've just been too uh, stimulated. And so you, like music's too loud, lights are too bright. You just need everything to shut down for a few minutes. And so I was I was so um, happy that one, I was aware of what I was feeling, and two, I was able to communicate to her what I really needed in the moment. Sometimes we know what we don't need, but it's but then we also have to be aware of what we do need or what we do want in that moment. So sometimes a touch and a rub it's soothing, and sometimes it, it just makes things feel worse. And sometimes you just need to be held and hugged and uh, and embraced. 
And so to just to be aware of that, and it is not saying anything about the relationship, because sometimes you'll think that uh, you should love everything about yourself and about the other person at all times. And that goes back to the beginning. That then is not allowing us to be who we are and how we feel in the moment. All right, you know what? Right there, I think I think I'm a I'm a I'm gonna just drop the mic on that one. I I I think we covered a lot of ground, and we discussed anxiety and how to be in the moment, and uh, and we'll have another episode. I really want to thank you all for joining me today, and or in the moment, in the moment. The Bucks won. I'm excited about that. I'm a Bears fan, but I'm also a Tom Brady fan. He's 43 and 44, so it feels good to see someone who um, is still doing it at his age. I want to leave you with this in that think about think about what you're looking forward to every day. Even if it's a small thing, what at the you could do this at the end of your day, at the start of your day. What am I looking forward to? We have to be diligent in reminding ourselves that we have something to look forward to. It could be a smoothie. Michelle looks forward to her coffee every morning. She needs that two shot of espresso from Starbucks every morning. I look forward. I just bought uh, a new protein powder, salted caramel. I'm excited. I look forward to that every day. Um, I read. We get the Sunday New York Times, and I look forward to reading, Michelle, the modern love section out of the New York Times. It's our thing. It's it's a long story. It, It takes me like five or ten minutes to read to her. But I look forward to that. I look forward to when we do crossword puzzles um, out of the New York Times. It's just the quiet moments between us that um, that I really think about, that I really look forward to. And so we have to remind ourselves, what are those what are those little tiny things that are just ours? You know, it could be a bath. It could be a, a movie. Denzel has a new movie coming out on Netflix. I'm excited about, looking forward to. It could be a book, something you're going to write. Maybe you're working out and you're looking forward to seeing what your what your gains are, or, you know, how many pounds you lost. Or uh, maybe you just ordered a pizza and you're looking forward to the pizza. Whatever you're looking forward to is yours and it's nobody's business. It's just yours to keep. But it, but it's a reminder that we are looking forward. We have to do that with our eyes. We have to do that with our mind. And that's how we can reduce anxiety or at least manage it. It's not about getting rid of it. It's not about preventing it. But how do we manage it? And then ask yourself, 
did I do my best? I ask myself this every every night. Anytime I feel just like I'm, I'm becoming undone, like things are spiraling out of control, I ask myself, did I do my best to find meaning today? Did I do my best to engage? Did I do my best to be happy or find peace? I actually, the, the I got this out of a book called Triggers. He says, did I do my best to be happy, but peace works for me. So you can switch that out for whatever you want. Did I do my best to, to feel accomplished? Did I do my best to, you know, uh, to feel valued? Whatever, whatever word you want to substitute in there. Um, and then the, the last one I ask is, did I do my best to socially engage? And what your brain will do is it will think of the answers to that question. It'll think about the time where I socially engaged today. I talked to my sister. Boom. Check that off the list. I meditated this morning. Did my best to find peace. Check that off the list. You know, uh, find meaning. This, this podcast, connecting with you and, and, and being of value and being of service to the world, that's, 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 I find deep meaning in that. Did I do my best to engage? Absolutely. I, I worked out. I, I, I looked at the weather. I was like, let me, let me go outside. I took down, I journaled. I, I kissed my girl on the forehead a couple of times. And these questions are powerful because we know people who ask themselves questions like, what's wrong with me? Well, what happens is your brain is going to look for that answer. I'll tell you what's wrong with you. If we ask, how did I do my best to engage? Your brain will tell you how you did your best to engage. It'll tell you how you did your best to find peace. The quality, someone said the quality of your life is dictated by the quality of your questions. The quality of your relationships are dictated by the quality of the questions. You could ask your girl, you know, why, why are you always yelling at me or why are you always upset? Oh, well, I'll tell you why. So the quality of your questions, not only that you're asking of others, but that you're asking of yourself, plays a big role in how we feel about ourselves and how we think about ourselves and how we show up in the moment. I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers, RM Leo Flowers. Remember, call 1 800 S U I C I D E or 1 800 273 TALK. And, and it's not about suicide, not just about suicide prevention. They're also an emotional support uh, hotline. Emotional support. If you're just feeling uh, emotionally unraveled, call the number. They're there for you. We all need support. I was doing yoga last night, and I needed like all ten of my yoga blocks because some of the some of the moves I just I was like I don't feel supported. So 
I had uh, yoga blocks, a strap. I had a whole thing going on on the yoga mat last night. So th- there's there's nothing wrong with showing up for yourself and advocating for yourself and reaching out for help. Call 1-800-SUICIDE or 1-800-273-TALK if you want one-on-one coaching, yours truly, because you're, you're in a relationship but you feel like it's just one ship. You're in a if you're thriving in your career, but you're struggling interpersonally. If you're firing on all cylinders, but struggling to find meaning in any of it, go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly, and let's get to tomorrow together.